Hey everybody, this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. We're here with another solo episode, another slumber party. Uh, please imagine me in my pajamas, because I am. Um, I had a, I always have late meetings on Thursdays. I don't know why like that ended up being the podcast night, but you know, I try to stay consistent. And in, by try to stay, I mean I do stay consistent. So um, anyway, I was going to have a guest and all the schedules didn't work. And so here I am. Uh, and what was so perfectly aligned was that I got a question this morning from someone about um, feeling frustrated and feeling kind of invisible as a femme in their queer community. And um, they said specifically the, the town, and I'll say this, I have lived in that town and I have experienced exactly what they are experiencing. And in fact, I experienced it probably about 20 years ago. Um, but also it could apply. I mean, I'm like, oh, when I pondered the question, I was like, actually, this has applied to my friend Rachel in Atlanta, where like femmes were actually being spat upon at bars. Um, and that's what inspired Rachel to start the Femme Mafia in Atlanta. I interviewed Rachel. She's like episode three of the podcast <laughs> um, and also episode 50 something. So you can go find Rachel. Um, uh, she's amazing. Anyway, so she started the Femme Mafia, which inspired me and a bunch of my other friends to start um, what became the Femme Family in New York City, which was a cultural um, community network, um, kind of around solidifying femme visibility and femme validity in those towns. Um, and uh, I will also say this, that like, I think you could apply this to really anything, because I think a lot of people feel excluded um, from like, whatever it is they, they want to be part of, like exclusion is kind of, it's the opposite of belonging. So there's a human craving we have for belonging. Um, it's inherent in our needs. Humans are a social species. Um, and we are actually, it's so interesting because our bodies are um, evolutionarily, we're still kind of 17th century farmers, right? That's what our bodies think we should be doing. But our brains have evolved really fast. And I actually um, think, uh, well, basically, if you watch the movie Fantastic Fungi, you'll learn about uh, psilocybin's which is, you know, magic mushrooms, uh, part in the evolution of brains, right? Like our human brains really had hit some evolutionary peaks uh, when the cavemen were following um, things they were hunting and plucking uh, psychedelic mushrooms out of the poop of the thing they were hunting. That's what I learned from that movie. Um, but it's interesting that our brains evolve faster than our bodies because we have this society now that we've kind of, uh, we've kind of created a world that, is um, hostile to our bodies in many ways, like, um, but with our screens and our technology and all of those things. Um, if you hear that noise, that's my cat, Biscuit Reynolds, uh, wanting to be part of this uh, podcast. Anyway, so I'm bringing this up simply because I think, um, so humans, we need belonging, we need our socializing, and we're getting more and more isolated. Um, and I think part of it is just like, obviously, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, so things are different. Um, but also like there is something about high tech not being very high touch. Um, but I think you can do both. I think you can create intimacy with technology. Um, and we're doing that right now. You are having a, like basically a connection with me through these airwaves, right? Like whatever it is I'm saying or um, conveying to you, there's some reason why you popped into this podcast. Um, and maybe it's because you want me to shoot my shot and tell you how to make friends and community 
in this pandemic, which is really what I think, because the question was, how do I make femme friends? I'm not feeling validated in my um, queer community, which is totally real and has been my experience many times. I've frequently felt ostracized and in fact felt uh, great hostility towards me in multiple types of communities, but specifically the queer community can feel very hostile because basically we're all colonized in our minds. We all have the white hetero patriarchy living in our brains, teaching us all these systems and hierarchies and that like, uh, and scarcity consciousness, right? That if somebody is doing well, then someone else can't do well, right? No, we, uh, we meaning me, Bevan, uh, and you, my guest in my little spot, uh, we believe that there is enough, we, we believe in an abundant pie. There is enough to go around for everyone. And I think there is enough community to go around for everyone. And people need friends and we need to make friends. And if you're on any kind of growth journey, you need to be making new friends. You need to align yourself. You're, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And so um, when you align with people who give you a taste of what your future is going to be, it will open up worlds of possibility you didn't know were there. Uh, when I was 22 years old, I fell into what I like to call the right group of friends. And these were the first people I'd ever met who um, taught me what queer was, right? Like queer wasn't even really a word a lot of people were using um, back in, this is 2002. Um, and so they taught me what queer was. They had a really expansive notion of gender, which really blew my mind open more. Um, but also like they were in this group, there were like fat queer femmes who like loved their bodies and thought that they like didn't have anything to apologize for simply for being fat. It was just a benign human diversity, right? And it doesn't matter, right? Nobody's body really matters to anybody else. It was like the first time I had friends that taught me that, and this is before social media, right? This is before really even the internet as we know it today. So it was a lot harder to find content from people. They didn't even use those words back then, but it was hard to find content from people that taught a different way of being, right? So falling in with this group of friends was like, I felt like this whole door opened up for me because I was around these people who aligned with a version of like, oh, I cannot hate myself and I can just chill and have a good time with my friends. And like, I can be a babe anyway, even if I'm fat, like what? And so that's what making new friends can open for you. It can open up worlds of possibility of what you want to be. So I encourage you wherever you are, even if you feel totally accepted and like you belong in your friend group, probably you need to grow a little, you know, like if you have the same friends you've always had, it's because those friends are safe and they're not challenging you. Um, and those people are aligning with a past version of you. Right. And I think one of my favorite things um, I've learned recently, and I think um, if you follow this podcast or you, you know who I am in the world, you know, I've been uh, really exploring my opening up my loving and like trying to just love myself more unconditionally so I can love other people more unconditionally. Um, I did I definitely listen to my podcast with Jeffrey Marsh. Such a great episode. And really, they exemplify just a total radical self-acceptance um, in a very loving way. Um, and in a way where you can love the hard parts of you that, that were hard to love. Um, uh, and Jeffrey, like me, comes out of like a past of a lot of bullying and a lot of misalignment. Um, and then to a liberated and flamboyant present. Um, but just thinking about like the people you want to be with, right? Like, even setting some intentions. If you want to make friends, set some intentions, set some qualities um, that you admire in other people, write them down, right? And these can be 
you know, just think of people you admire, think of the qualities you admire about them and write those down. This is what you want for your potential future friend. So you're just like visioning for this friend. Um, and then you're going to get out and put some action into it. And you got to go out and meet people. And I'll tell you, this is how I have made tons of friends in this pandemic. In fact, you have met some of the friends I've made in this pandemic on this podcast. Like if I meet someone rad and like we're getting along, I'm going to get them on the podcast because I want to share them with all of you. Um, because all of these people have so much wisdom to share and different life experiences. And that's how you get to know like the different types of people in the world, right? You just get exposed to different people. Um, I've been meeting people frequently on Tokativity. So I interviewed Lisa Snyder, um, the co-founder of Tokativity on this podcast. You can hear all about it. It's a global feminist, uh, cannabis movement community. Um, and they do really great online events. Um, and so by showing up to an online event, and going to a speed networking where I got onto a chat roulette with people, five minute conversations, you just try it out. And if you like them, you connect. A lot of those people I've followed up with, because um, that's, you know, that's more work to do, right? A lot of people just get lazy and don't follow up. And that's why you don't make friends, right? How many of us have like met someone cool at a party during pre-COVID times who you were like, oh, that person's rad. But like, you just never like followed up with them even though and and i think plenty of us have friends where like every time we catch up it's like no time has passed and oh we should spend more time together and you just don't and those relationships don't get nurtured unless you invest the time um and i got really clear about my values in 2019 my whole life fell apart it was a nightmare year everything felt scary i didn't know what was going on um, but I started really just getting rooted in who I was and what I wanted in life. And I'll tell you, my life today, like, I'm just kind of realizing I'm like, oh, I really wanted to be a digital nomad. And even though I can't go anywhere ethically because of COVID, I still, I'm not going to travel until the CDC says non-essential travel is okay. Like, to me, I think it's unethical. I also think it's unethical for us to be, like, traveling and mingling while there are still immune compromised people who can't. And it just feels to me like it's so, I don't know, everyone's going to do what they're going to do and what they need to do, right? Like, and I think, you know, grandparents seeing kids uh, who, I mean, kids grow so fast, right? Like, I think that's kind of essential, but I also highly value my relationships with my friends and family. That's in my list of values. It's very clear to me where that is. Um, and so investing more time in that and just giving myself more time to meet people. And because like friends and family, I haven't met all the people I'm going to love in my life. Um, I am say I didn't come up with that phrase, by the way, that's from like a meme on Instagram. But it's still true. Like when I saw it, I was like, wow, yeah, I haven't met all the people I'm going to love. Like many of the people I will love most are still strangers to me. Isn't that great? Um, so it gives you a lot to look forward to. Like, I think I'm a person who has a lot of trauma with friendships and people. Um, I've been bullied multiple times in my life um, and had some really traumatic things happen from friends, especially like I was ditched by my friends in middle school twice. And by ditched, I mean, like, we were kind of really low on the social totem pole, which was very clear in middle school. And they all stood up at the lunch table and told me they were ditching me and walked away. This happened two times. And then I would go like eat in the library for a long time until eventually like we forgot and then we became friends again. And then they did it again. Uh, it was this weird social power thing. It was super traumatizing. Um, and that's just a small little example of bullying I had. But um, it was kind of a nightmare growing up, but I still love people. And like, I want to heal those parts of me that feel like I need to put up walls between me and other people. Um, because mostly 
when you open yourself to love, like the dividends of that far out, out shadows any of the fear or resistance I have to the connection that's possible with me and someone else, right? Um, I get left on red a lot. There's plenty of these people I've had like little chat roulettes with who didn't write an email back to me, but the people who did, I got on a Zoom with and like had like 20, 30 minutes with them to get to know them. Um, and then some of those have become like actual friendships. Like you just keep following up with people. I set a lot of time and I'll say this too, like I'm making friends in a pandemic. I am a person who is single and I have no kids. So like, and I work for myself by myself. So like, if I don't go out of my way to like make time to talk to people, I won't. And I noticed, um, so 2019, I talked about my life falling apart. I got really strict. So my theme for 2019 was to just, it was my data year. It was the year I was going to just gather data about my life and kind of figure out like how I wanted to be living. And, and I didn't have words for it then, but I think I was really looking to increase my potential or explore my potential and increase my capacity. So I say that because I just started tracking my mood um, and how I was feeling. And I was also tracking my habits and how they affected my mood. And I just noticed like when I took the time to connect with somebody like three times in a day, three different people in a day and connecting is different than just saying hi. Connecting is like, hey, how are you? And really stopping and having a conversation. I can have a good connection with someone in my neighborhood in like two minutes, but like it's really about the quality of the, the heart that you're opening up and like how you're seeing someone rather than just a cursory, hey, how are you? I kind of wish I had been practicing these skills when I lived in like New York City and I saw tons of people all the time, right? Um, something, it's really interesting. I really admire this about, um, so my dad was married to my stepmom uh, from when I was 11 years old until I was 19 when she passed away at 48 years old. And Liz was like the light of my life. She was my first experience of unconditional love um, just truly loved the shit out of me for no reason. It never made sense to me. I was a teenager, like 11 years old. I was a tween when we met and then a teenager the whole time, um, my entire, my entire adolescence. So I was always ungrateful, but she just loved me so much. And she also never met a stranger. Like she would take me to, I would go visit my dad and Liz would take me to the grocery store and she would talk to everybody. She like, and, but she would always introduce me as her daughter, like I, there was no dissuading her. Like as soon as she, like, I mean, she and my dad were engaged in like 11 days. So like, you know, she was the, the moment I got on the phone with her, she called me her, called me her daughter, which was very off putting to me at the time I was 11. I didn't know. Um, and awkward and bullied, right? Like in the middle of going through all my middle school trauma. And, um, she was just a light, a true light. And I just never got it. I'd like never understood it, but I always admired her for it. And Liz, like, um, just when she passed away and I just, here's what's interesting. She was the first person that I was close to that passed away. It was so again, traumatizing, uh, <laughs> did not deal with that grief very well. In fact, it really took me many years to deal with that grief. But, um, what's been great about, you know, dealing with the grief is that I just am like able to continue to connect to who she was and what I admired about her. And I admired her loving. And I admired that when she passed away, her, like, it was the, one of the bigger funerals I've been to. And I've been to a, a few big funerals. Um, but like, it was, and, and it's just a testament to her loving and the people who she connected to in her short life, because 48 is very young. Like now that I'm 42, six years younger than Liz was when she died, like, I'm like, whoa, how is that even possible? Um, 
But anyway, she was just like a light in my life. I'm so grateful for her. And I truly honor her memory in my life by continuing to pursue the things that I admired about her, which was her ability to connect with people and make friends. So once I realized like, oh, when I connect with like at least one person, but three people a day, ideally, I feel monumentally better, like mood wise. Um, and it was just like such a, a clear correlation for me that like it motivated me to start just following up with people and making like sessions, you know, like sessions with my, my glowing goddess getaway babes. Um, and so just following up with people for me, like I, I love parties and I love going to group gatherings. Usually like my favorites are when I know like 60% of the people there. This is me being a control freak Capricorn and a little socially awkward, but like when there's 60% of the people there, I know, I know I'm going to have a great time and I feel secure and confident and open. Right. But when I don't know anybody there, totally terrifying, totally terrifying. And I'm working on being that kind of person who just like can roll in and connect with somebody like, cause that one-on-one -on -one connection really livens me up and I really like to talk to people. Um, but it's just about like getting through those first few awkward moments, like icebreakers and stuff. Um, and honestly, like you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. Um, if you're just trying to make a friend, right. So just like say, Hey, how are you? And like, get curious about their response. Right. Um, it's, like people skills is like a whole genre of education. Like I'm so grateful. I'm really working on that. Cause like, I just, when I saw my grandmother pass away, I saw that her relationships, like she was such a big, she's a Capricorn. Um, and she was so hot on her career. Like the whole time I was, um, a kid, like she was a real estate broker in Beverly Hills. So that was like the main focus of her life. She was so glamorous and the career was the focus, but like in the end, her relationships were the only thing that mattered to her. The only thing like she, it, like she kind of lost all status really towards in the last like couple months of her life. So like, I just, that I took that to heart and it made me really want to have better relationships and better quality relationships. So you just have to do it by practice, right? So you have to want to make new friends. You have to figure out what it is that you want about friends. And then I really want to talk about community and creating community um, with people. Like, I, and I'll say this, like I've done a lot of community building in the past. It has been somewhat like, I'm the kind of person, I'm a Capricorn with a Virgo rising. I'm the kind of person, if I don't see what I want in the world, I'm just going to create it because I want to serve people. And if I need it, then other people need it. So let's make it happen. So I was starting to go out. Um, I loved the queer nightlife parties that were happening in Brooklyn, but like there were very few fat people there. And I was just like, we need to get more fat people out. How do we do this? And I was like, you know what we do? We do a body positive queer dance party. And then I just started one. Um, and I will say like, I am proud of myself for just doing that. Like I risked it, but what ended up happening was it created a community. It created like kind of a, a crew of regulars. Like I love teaching aerobics. Now I think aerobics was always what that was gearing me up for is, uh, eventually becoming an aerobics instructor <laughs> and curating a community that way. But like, it was like, there was this like crew of people that would roll through rebel cupcake. You would see like, you know, it was always a different, I never appreciated in that time. And this is something that the pandemic has taught me is how special each and every gathering is because of the unique gathering of people that are there, right? Like this experience of time and space will never happen again. Um, but there's like overlapping people who go to multiple parties. So it's like never the same, 
but it's frequently the same people, right? Um, and the same thing we did with the Femme family. We just like created a community organization and community is about showing up. So really like if you want the community, you either have to start it or you have to show up, but you have to be consistent. Otherwise it's not community because community is like interdependence and it's connection and it's people who like kind of have a common you know, goal or, um, you know, if you're not working towards something specific, maybe it's like a common value. Right. And for me, like femme, like it's interesting. Cause like I am a femme, but like femme and queer organizing isn't as present or necessary for me anymore. I've really found like a pretty wonderful home, like with the glowing goddess getaway, which is about women's self-care. So it's like in cannabis. So it's like a very specific niche and there are a ton of queer people in fems who are there, but it is really more straight than not. But I think I, I would like to think that I'm like helping make it a little gayer um, just by me being like my little rainbow self. Um, but what's really fun is going to a place where like most of the people are straight. I didn't know I'd never been before. Uh, the first one I went to was in 2018. And I like did really not understand what I was getting into. I was super nervous. Um, but I just showed up and I, I mean, obviously I was like a gig, so I got to teach my aerobics class, but then I was just there and I just was meeting people and I was like, oh my God, once I got through like five or six conversations, just sitting down chatting with people, it's so easy to strike up conversation at the getaways because you're just there together. And, um, festivals are, are some of my favorite places because like there is just this community vibe, right? Like there's something that is like we're all here and we're all here together doing this thing or enjoying this thing. Um, and there's a friendliness to that, that I don't think is replicated in like modern, um, at least modern society as I've experienced it living where I've lived. Right. Um, and so there's something about festival culture. People are a little more disarmed and they're a little more open to connection. Um, but you can create that anywhere by just being that vibe, you know? Um, but like, there is something special to having a place where you belong um, and a place that like, where that's one of the, the values, right? Like I like to, I'm constantly saying you already belong at Fat Kid Dance Party because you really do. And we really work to have that ethic. And like the same thing is true at the getaways. Like Deidre works really hard and Celine too, um, to set that tone and Deidre does. And I say Deidre specifically cause she does the intros and her welcome message really sets an amazing tone, both with staff and our staff meetings and um, for the goddesses. Um, and we're doing, I'm very excited because um, the Glowing Goddess Getaway is uh, coming back and it's coming back online with a digital component. So for the rest, starting in June, um, their dates will be released on 420, which is so soon. Um, but in June, um, they're going to begin monthly. Every getaway is going to have a digital component. We're going to have three specifically digital gatherings and then three in-person gatherings. Um, I think it's August is Southern California, I want to say. And then uh, anyway, the, the dates will be announced. You can see it all. There's a graphic. I don't remember it. But basically because the getaways this year that are in person have to be COVID safe, there's only 50 people, which is very small uh, for us. Um, it's going to, we're just kind of reinventing it, right? We have this amazing community that exists, but we're going to bring it online and create an online component. And we've been doing, like, I think the community that exists on IG Live has been really great, um, but I'm really excited to have a thing where people can interact with each other and, like, see each other and, like, do videos and stuff like that. So um, it's going to be really fun and really great, and it's a great way to meet people is to just show up. So that's 
community, right? Like if you want the community, if you want like, I mean, specifically the person was asking for like femme positive community. I think it starts with one-on-one. You got to get buy-in from a few people before then you do like an event and like invite people. Um, but I think in these times we can do a lot online and, um, like I, I feel closer to people who live like very far away from me um, because I see them every week on Zoom, right? Like, cause there are things, I mean, I do a laughter yoga club. I interviewed my laughter yoga teacher, Claire Coughlin Powell on an episode of this uh, thing, but I show up every week and it's a group of people like I would never have met otherwise, but I feel close to them and connected. And I just wanna say the book, um, The Body Keeps the Score, He talks about um, trauma and the effects on the body. And part of what trauma does to you is it severs your trust in other people, which is so sad because humans need belonging, right? We need other humans in order to feel our best and be our best. Um, And it's like, it's such an inherent need for us. And so things that can help improve um, and heal that, that stuff that's broken in trauma are group exercise classes um, and, and, group communities and things where you're on a team, like a chorus, right? Like singing, um, doing something there or like doing stuff with your body. Something I'm very excited to study when I have um, the means to have a research arm for faculty dance party aerobics is to study the effects of line dancing on that kind of trauma uh, healing. Cause I think there's something to the herd mentality of literally being in a group and doing the moves uh, together, um, just kind of again and again and again, and just kind of following that herd mentality. I think there's something really healing in it. And I'm curious about the difference of the experience being in person doing line dancing versus doing stuff like that online on the computer, dancing together. It's been so interesting, line dancing on Zoom. I'll tell you, it's not the same, but it's been kind of cool. And it's a little hypnotizing to watch like in gallery view, all these people doing different directions, like, and dancing. Um, Anyway, I just feel so privileged to get to create community and connect in this age. And I have not felt, I mean, I moved remotely four months before the pandemic. So I like had the experience of choosing this. Um, So I am isolated by choice, but like with good internet and able to create and connect and um, kind of live out a life of my dreams. Like I have always wanted to be able to travel and tour um, and be able to take my work with me um, and to be able to do work that helps people feel good about the bodies that they're in um, is my dream come true. So part of my dream come true is doing this podcast and sharing with you every week. So thank you so much for tuning into this. Um, And part of my dream is creating Fat Kid Dance Party Aerobics, which I do and primarily fund through Patreon. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash F-K-D-P, which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party, is my Patreon page. And it's a membership support site that allows folks like you to support creators like me who create work that is of value to you. Um, Starting at the $2 a month level, um, you get access to all of my Zoom aerobics classes, plus um, classes I'm teaching every month about um, spiritual self-care that I do. So I'm teaching like my 12 top spiritual self-care practices. Um, It's been really fun. And um, that's all on the Patreon, plus a backstock of Bevan's Bites, which is a a podcast of mini episodes with Reiki healings, meditations, um, and various self-care things. Um, At the $5 level, uh, you're going to get access to all of that, plus 
one movement video a month that you can just play a million times if you want, but you're going to be able to move with me a little fat, a little mini fat kid dance party for you. And then 25 bucks a month is my full membership. That's fat kid dance party live. Um, it's the equivalent of basically two aerobics classes in a month. Um, but you could come to all of the zoom classes. You get access to all the other stuff on Patreon, plus an on-demand aerobics menu that I film in the forest just for you. There's always a 10 minute, a 20 minute, two 55 minute classes, a chair aerobics class and a 45 minute can size class. Canna size is just back at dance party with simpler choreography for an optional cannabis experience. Um, and so all of that, plus like extra classes from body positive aerobics instructors. It's basically like my little on-demand menu that's constantly freshed every week. Um, just for you. And it's the best way to support and sustain Fat Dance Party as a thing, if this is valuable to you. Um, I love doing this. It is truly my heart's calling. Um, it is one of a kind aerobics. You're not going to find anything like it in the world. Um, and also it's kind of like a healing too, inner child stuff. If you have inner child things to work on, this is a healing place for you to do that. Um, and after every Zoom class, we do a self-care check-in where we check in on everybody's self-care wins. And I learned so much about self-care from everybody just sharing about what they're going through and just really good reminders to of basic stuff like close the laptop and don't do work this weekend, right? Like that's a self-care thing that a lot of people uh, struggle with. Myself, particularly as an entrepreneur, I could do well, I could work a million hours a week and never get everything done. But I'm trying ever so diligently to continue to up level my capacity so that I can keep serving folks and adding value to you. I hope that you go out and make some friends. I hope you go out and live your best life. And I hope you go out and pursue your dreams because I believe you are one in infinity. There's only one of you in all of time and space. Each and every one of us is here with dreams on our heart that we are meant to bring to fruition. And I believe if you don't do you, you don't get done. So don't go to your grave with your dreams inside you and just live this life and have good friends who love you and support you for who you are, who you're becoming and who you're unfolding to be and who want to grow with you because you probably want to grow. Okay. Love you so much. Have a great night. Thanks for tuning in.